Hi everyone, this is Sherry Clark, and welcome to Courage to be Seen. This show's for anyone who longs to take charge of their life, to create more success, accomplish their dreams, and to live in inspiring ways to be powerfully visible and visibly powerful. I'll be sharing stories with you from my own career and experiences, from leading engineering teams for the last 20 years, and also from interactions I have been blessed to have with people I've met from around the world. I want to give you the tools, techniques, strategies, and inspiration so you can be the best you. You can achieve the success you desire, personally and professionally. Being authentic, confident, and empowered are the keys to success and the life that you want. You can have the courage to be seen. Hi, I'm Sherry Clark, and welcome to Courage to be Seen, the show that focuses on helping you achieve the success that you desire. I will share with you tools and techniques, stories and strategies, so you can be the most authentic, most confident, and the most empowered, so you can have the courage in your life that you always wanted. And if you are enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe, so that way you'll get a notice the next time the, an episode comes out. You know, today I wanted to take a little bit of time and reflect. You know, we're a few months into the year, and how's it going for you? You know, it's it's really actually kind of good. Like we start a year, and we're all excited that uh, we set New Year's resolutions. We have great, very grand plans, maybe for for the year, and there's just a lot of enthusiasm. And then you check in with people a couple months later, and many times a lot of that enthusiasm is is just gone. Right, we fall into just our regular old routines, and in some ways, you could say maybe 2022 is looking exactly like 2021, which looked exactly like 2020. And it kind of even makes you wonder sometimes: Why do we even take the time to set goals and, and objectives? Why do we set New Year's goal resolutions? Why do we get excited to even turn the page to a new calendar? You know, it's it's unfortunate that so many times those good intentions go by the wayside. Sometimes it takes a month, sometimes it takes a week, sometimes it takes a day, or even by the time you get writing them down on the, by the end of the paper, people have already forgot what they wanted to do. You know, that's, that's not what we want. We want to have you achieve the success that you want in your life, whatever that is. Not the success that I define or someone else, but we want to talk about ways that you can accomplish whatever you want to accomplish in your life. And it could be personally, it could be professionally, it could be little things, or it could be big things. What we don't want is year after year, you always to be living the same life. You don't want to be in that rut. And all of a sudden, five, 10 years have gone by, and you're like, where did all this time go? I haven't accomplished anything that I wanted. Instead, we want to find ways that you can easily start moving your life forward. And you may be surprised that I'm going to tell you the secret to you doing this is habits. Now, many times we think about habits, we're saying, well, okay, I got these good habits, I got these bad habits. And more often than not, when we talk about habits, we think about bad habits, all the bad habits that you have. And that's not what we want to talk about today. Instead, we want to talk about are there ways that your habits can actually be the secret to achieving the success that you want? 
I have a couple quotes that I want you to think about. The first one, motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. Jim Rohn said this. Because it's easy to get motivated at the beginning. But motivation is only going to take you so far. There is a point where motivation just doesn't really seem to do anything for you. It's just going to kind of, it is going to fade. The best motivation at some point, without another jolt, it's going to fade. A second one um, from Jack Canfield, your habits will determine your future. We are creatures of habits. And like I said, too often we think about habits and, and we just say that good habits, bad habits, and focus on those bad habits. But if we can use that power of habit for good, you can transform your life. You can move your life in the direction that you want. So why do we have habits? It's actually kind of funny. Like people are naturally wired to have habits. We actually should be thankful that we have habits. If we didn't have habits, our lives would be so hard to live. Because what is a habit? That uh, a habit is a, just a way that our body, our brain, you know, processes information in a way that we, so we can do things simultaneously with other things without having to think about it so much. It's a way of thinking, feeling um, through repetition as you as you go through it. So, as we normally think of them as negative, they're actually quite quite useful. Think about uh, when you were first learning to drive a car, right? There's like so much to do. I have to pay attention to the mirrors. I have to make sure no one's behind me. I'm looking out on this side. I'm looking out on this side. I have to look at the speedometer. Like there's all these things that you're doing. And it takes a lot of mental work just to keep it all in, in juggling, right? But then, you know, as you're trying to maybe eat, have a conversation with somebody, it is really taxing. But as you drive your car more and more, checking into the mirrors, checking the speedometer, like now you just start to do it without thinking, it becomes easier to do more things. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily good because that's also why we have so many people that are distracted because they forget they actually have to pay attention to driving and then they start using their phone and all that. So we're not going to get there. But just, just think about how much work it was when you first got started. I remember my son was really little and we're teaching him to get dressed. It was so funny because while he's like struggling to put his shirt on and he was really, really tiny at the time, right? He's standing there struggling to put his shirt on. It's like he couldn't stand still. So while he was putting his shirt on, he would like kind of turn in, in circles, right? It's almost like just that mental, okay, I got to put my over my head and put my arms in that just thinking about that, now it was almost like too much for his body to, to stand still. And that's what habits do for us. They take these things that we're having to think about, and is there a way I can efficiently do it? I can make it into a habit, so now I don't have to put focus on it to make sure it, it happens. So you could really say our lives are a collection of our habits, good or bad, whatever they are. You, your brain actually wants to make as much of your life as it can into a habit because that way it doesn't have to work. It can, it can, not that your brain doesn't want to work, but we are creatures of 
if you're not having to focus on doing things, then your brain can be ready, right? You want to make sure like, oh, if you think back in the caveman days, you don't want to get attacked. You want to be looking for animals or, or for whatever predators might be after you. And that's still how we operate today. Like, so if you're not having to think about and put mental effort into whatever's going on around you to get stuff done, you're freeing up brain power to do other more important things. Be on watch. So, so that's what we really are. We're made up of our habits. And if we want to now improve our life, we need to improve our habits. So let's start with just thinking about your day. How does it start? Chances every day starts pretty much the same way. Now, if you're a parent with young kids, <laughs> you might not get to start the day that you want because you might get these surprises of kids waking you up. So let's just say a normal day, you know, you have an alarm, it goes off. Are you the type of person that pushes snooze or not? If you do push snooze, the chances you push the snooze the same amount of times every day. Or if you're not a snooze pusher, you hit stop on your alarm, you get out of bed. When you get out of bed, do you do the same next thing? Some people immediately get dressed. Some people probably immediately go to the bathroom. Whatever it is, I bet you, you do the same thing pretty much every day. Now, you may have a slightly different variant on weekdays versus weekends or things like that. But let's say after you leave your bedroom, do you have coffee to start your day? If so, you probably always have coffee. If you eat breakfast right away in the morning, you probably immediately eat it. Or you do something else. You go exercise. But whatever it is, I bet you it's the same. It doesn't matter if it's the order you put on your clothes. It could be the route you drive into the office. All those are habits, and they probably very, very seldom change. Now, let's say you have to change one of your habits. Let's say you have to drop off something on the way to the office. Do you ever have where you start driving and then maybe you forget or at least almost forget to take that turn to go off your normal path so you can drop something off on your way to the office? It happens all the time. It's actually kind of scary that, that you occasionally see in the news stories of people that like forget to drop their kids off at daycare or, or things like that because the power of habit is just so, so strong. So like I said, the reason we form habits is to actually help us. There's just so much going on in our lives that we're trying to like simplify what we do so we can free up brain power to do, to do other things. So it is good. Once you have that habit, if it's a helpful habit, if it's a useful habit, you want to have it and, it, and it'll be good. So what are the components of a habit? Every habit has a trigger. Some kind of a cue. It could be the time of day. It could be um, a variety of things. Like, it's interesting. Like, maybe at work, you meet a bunch of people and you eat at 1130. Like, every day, that's just how it works out. You have it blocked off your calendar, so you go eat at 1130. On Saturday, do you ever get like wanting lunch at 11.30, even if you're not hungry, even if you just ate at 10 o'clock, like you already have that habit. Oh, it's time. So there's that cue, whatever it might, whatever it might be. That's actually why um, ice cream trucks have that uh, little bell. 
right? They want people to have that cue. Ah, oh, I hear that. Now I want ice cream. They want that behavior to, to happen. But so when you have this cue, there's some kind of routine, some kind of standard things that you do. Like I said, like when you get out of bed, what do you go do? So you have a cue or a trigger, then you have a routine, and that routine has a reward. Now that reward could be good or bad. It, it might be like you're no longer hungry. You're more relaxed because you did this. Um, it could be that you have a craving and now you satisfied it. It could be an aversion, you know, that you see something. So you take a different route, like you're averting something, whatever that reward, it can be good. When, uh, when my son learned to drive, it was interesting because he pointed something out to me that I had never paid attention to. Because, um, you know, I grew up quite a while ago, and I have to admit, when I was little, we did not wear our seatbelts. It was not very popular. Like, it just, it just wasn't, wasn't the thing back then, right? As we got older and uh, seatbelts became mandatory, et cetera, now you wouldn't imagine driving your car without a seatbelt. But I have to admit, when I was young and I was learning to drive, we, we didn't wear seatbelts. So my son pointed out to me, because he asked me, he goes, Mom, why do you and Dad start the car and then put your seatbelt on? My son doesn't do that. My son sits in the car. He puts his seatbelt on, and then he starts it every time. Never never changes. That's his habit. Puts his seatbelt on, starts his car. When, when he was little, before he even started the car and just pretended to drive, he would still put the seatbelt on. He you catch him and sit in the car with the seatbelt on, pretending to drive. Both my sons actually did that. My husband and I, we start the car and then we put our seatbelt on. But we'd never think to drive without it. But we, our habit was different because we learned to drive, unfortunately, without seatbelts. So I just want to just think about that. Like, it's so funny. The trigger is you're going to go for a drive. Does it really matter if you start the car and put your seatbelt on or if you put your seatbelt on and start the car? I don't know. But once that habit is formed, it is hard, hard to change. So if our natural ability is to create habits to make our life easier, let's see if we can use them to our advantage. I want you to think about whatever goals that you might have had at the beginning of the year. I always say that you should, you should have a variety of goals. You should have a goal around what you want to accomplish at work. You should have something around finance. You should have something around health. You should have some kind of a personal goal um, and something around friends, family, connections, something, something around that, right? You should have a variety of goals that you want to have. What were yours this year? If you didn't set any, this could be a time for you to, to reflect. Maybe you didn't set them because you said that they never work. You never actually can accomplish anything. Maybe here, after thinking about habits, if we were setting some goals and thinking about them, and can you use the power of habit to help your goals? So, so pick one of those New Year's resolutions or one of those goals that you set for the year. And let's see if we can think about your habits and is there a way that you can make that goal actually stick. But I will say, just pick one thing. Don't, you might have had a list that told you you should really have kind of five goals. 
Um, let's not pick everything right now. Just just pick one. Let's let's get it going. Let's get it started. And then if you want to add some more, because if you overwhelm this, you're not going to create all new habits. Really, if you want to create habits, you should start with one. And then when that becomes really an updated habit, then you can add more. So once you figure out what you want to do and you're clear about that, you want to build a routine around it. So let's say if you wanted to exercise, you want to pick a time of day. You don't want to just say, I'm going to fit in exercise whenever I can. Like you pick. Maybe I'm going to exercise Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at six o'clock in the morning. Or maybe it's Tuesday and Thursdays and Saturdays. I mean, like set, set out whatever that routine is. Is it after work? Is it before work? Is it something at lunch? Maybe your routine is, you know, you want to be eat healthier. So can you have a routine around meal planning or meal prep? If it is around, you know, reducing your spending or saving more, you know, can you build a routine around reviewing how you're doing? So you want to figure out what that is. You want to build a routine and you need to have some kind of a reward. If you're, if you're going to have a healthy habit, there has to be a reason for it. There has to be some kind of a benefit. So think about what kind of rewards you could have for this. And then you're going to review and repeat. That's really as simple as it is. Now, you're saying, if it's that simple, I probably would have already done it. So I'm going to go over some ways that you could um, you know, increase the chance of success and make this actually into habits. The first thing is start small. Too often we buy off too much. And then as soon as you are having trouble getting started, it just kind of all goes by the wayside. So we don't want that. So pick something that's small. Ideally, it's something that you can do every day. Sometimes, like I said, maybe if you work out, you won't want to work out three to four times a week. And that's okay. So I'm not saying it has to be a daily thing. But if you really want to create a habit, you're better off creating something that you can do every day. The next thing is you have to at least play along with me for a little while on this. If you're, if you normally say, I don't create New Year's resolutions, I don't want to have any goals because I never actually accomplished them. Let's at least pretend for a little while this is going to work. You have to have that positive outcome. You have to have that positive outlook on life. You have to say, all right, I think that this actually might, might work. I've learned at work that, um, you have to be optimistic. You have to give things a chance. Even stuff that failed in the past, maybe the timing was, was not right. Maybe you just didn't have the right um, process, but it, it's worth trying again. So, so at least give me those things as we try to maximize our success. So the next thing I want you to do is identify a habit that you already have and see if we can modify it to, to be something that is now supportive of your new your new goal so let's say you want to you want to be healthier well what's a habit that you currently have you know do you have a stressful day at work and do you come home and drink a glass of wine which there's nothing wrong with but if you're trying to be healthier that's not in line with your goals could you replace that wine with sparkling water you know i get some of those little flavor things um and it's a nice little treat Maybe it's you could alternate every other drink with a glass of water. And so those are simple 
small habits that can be changed that now is in the direction of your overall goals. That maybe you, at a certain time of day, you want to take it, you get a snack. And every day you kind of want that snack. Can you take a short walk in that time period instead? So identify some habit you have and see if we can we can change it to be more in alignment with, with whatever your goals are. One actually quite simple thing that you can do is try to stack your habits. So if you think about the habits you have, is there something that you could do like right after it? So you stack it. So you do this habit and then you do the sec- this, hab- this second habit that's in line with your goals because you're already going to do the first one. It's very interesting to find out, you know, people that take medicine twice a day usually take their medicine. People that have to take medicine three times a day, they may or may not always take their medicine. And why is that? Have you ever thought about you brush your teeth twice a day? It's actually quite easy to add a habit in at the beginning of the day and the end of the day and get them to stick. So is there anything that you could do? Maybe like when you brush your teeth, right after it, like if you want to meditate or you want to go do something, could you add a step right after whatever something into your morning routine, into your evening routine, and your habit will stick then? Maybe you know, talking about getting healthier, you're going to go up the elevator anyway. Can you take the stairs? Can you park farther away? Like add in these little steps onto, onto the habits that you already do. And before you know it, it'll just be part of your routine. Another thing you can do is find a way to put reminders. It could be reminders throughout the day. You can put them on your phone. That way your phone you know, reminds you. You can actually put time on your calendar for whatever you want to do. But make it that routine. Make it that, that habit. Because you have to stay committed. I realize it can be tough sometimes yeah, to get out of bed, like if you want to go exercise. But you have to like say, okay, I'm going to go exercise, even if it's not going to be the best workout in the world. Some exercise is better, better than none. To get into that habit, you have to actually like do the activity on that, that regular basis. You're going to have obstacles, whatever it might be. So let's plan for some. You know, get at your journal and think about, well, if I'm going to eat healthier, what things might keep me from that? Maybe it's I'm at work, I'm at my desk, and I'm hungry. And all that's that's available is those vending machines down the hallway. Could you have some healthy snacks in your desk? That way you're already planning for in case it happens. Maybe it's I have to go out to eat for work. And I won't be able to, um, you know, plan my healthy meal. But could you look at the menu for the restaurant that you're that you're going to go to in advance and plan what you want to eat? So plan for those obstacles. Think about them in advance what you're going to do. And then you'll find out that that's easier to stick with whatever that habit that you're trying to put in place. You can also get an accountability partner, you know, plan some support. You don't have to be in this alone. Listening to podcasts like this is one way to to help out, to get ideas, but also having a, a friend, a coworker, someone that you can network with online that you can share and check in. They can remind, maybe they can just send you a text each day. Hey, how are you doing? And you don't want to admit to them that you're not doing well. So you're going to be like, oh, I don't want that candy bar because then I have to admit to someone that I ate it. So instead, I'm just not going to do it. Now, when you're doing well, make sure you, you have a way to celebrate. 
The reason that habits are so good is, you know, they, they actually have like a built-in reward system. So you need to figure out what those rewards are that you can have to make sure that, that you're making your habits stick. Now, there's a lot of reasons around you, like in our environment, that pulls us out of whatever our best intention is. Take a look at them and see if there's a way that you can change them. So if we stick with this healthy kind of eating concept, can you just throw out some of the non-healthy food in your house? My husband and I sometimes, you know, if there's a food that like, it's just, it's so hard for us to say no to, like we just said cravings. It might be healthy food, but like you just want to eat it for until, until it's gone. We just like, oh, we better not buy that anymore. We'll just kind of ban it from the, from the house. You know, can you put fruit out on the counter? So that way, if you are hungry, you, you grab that first. Take a look at your environment and see if there's some changes that you could make. So that way, it's easier to stick with your, your habits. It's kind of like removing those known, known triggers. Like, you know, if you put stuff away and you can't see it, you're not reminded by it. It just makes it, makes it easy. You know, and as you're doing this and you're trying to change your habits, you're trying to add like things in the direction that you want to go and, and get help. Um, you're going to slip up and that's actually okay. We all do. You know, tomorrow is a new day. It's a new chance time to, to try and do things better. So just commit to at least try this for 30 days. And then you can reassess how much progress have you made. Maybe at that point you can add in a second habit. You can make a little bit bigger leap from, from whatever you started. Because if you, if you start small, you say, okay, I got this one. Let me, let me add something more. But if you do something for 30 days, your chance of long-term success is higher. Now, you aren't necessarily going to be able to change all your habits in 30 days. Some habits, especially if they're really tough ones, man, they, some of them can take months. Some of them probably can take years. And a lot of times they say, you know, habits, they can't just be ended. Like you almost have to be, be replaced. So, so think about um, what are those habits that you want to, to improve on? What habits can you build off of? And what habits, you know, should we just focus on, on something else? A couple last things that I want you to think about is if you're trying to improve any part of your life, and you find yourself just falling into old routines. One of the most common things that I think most people have is too much stress in their life. And I know my habits, some of my worst habits are ways to deal with stress. You know, like sometimes maybe you want to eat too much. Um, it's just, uh, it's too hard to exercise, whatever it might be. So take a look at and say, can you reduce some of the stress in your life? Can you do some self-care? Can you take some time for yourself? If you can do that, then putting some of the good habits in place might be just a little bit easier for you. So I want to leave you with you know, the message that uh, you can only be yourself and embracing all yourself will make you the happiest that you can be. So I hope you have uh, enjoyed this episode. I encourage you to subscribe. And uh, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, check out my website, couragetobeseen.com. Um, I love to get feedback. Drop me a note. Let me know what else you'd like to, uh, for me to talk about. And uh, I'll look forward to talking to you then. 
Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you've been inspired to take action on at least one thing starting today. To learn more, check out CourageToBeSeen.com. There you'll find my blog and additional resources, including you can download a copy of 10 Ways to Live a More Courageous Life. Thanks again for listening and make sure you tune in next time to learn additional ways to have the courage to be seen in your own life. You've been listening, but are you watching? Tune in to your favorite shows on the Transformation Talk Radio Facebook page. We stream live video podcasts every day. Have you always known that you're on a soul path? And have you wondered how to gain real insight into the steps along your own unique journey? Welcome everyone, I'm Sarah Main, and thank you for joining me on Damayanti, the show for your soul. I'm so glad to have you along. Damayanti means peace and calm. Damayanti sheds a light for your soul through the wisdom that shines in the universal language of Sanskrit. Damayanti is the show that speaks to your soul, connects with your soul, and enriches your soul. Join me now on Damayanti, the show for your soul, and be inspired and uplifted by the beautiful light of this profound, timeless wisdom. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Damayanti, the show for your soul, with me, Sarah Main. And today we're going to be talking about wake up and get out of BED, moving from victim to victor. And we're going to be talking about this mindset of victim or a mindset of victor. And it's a clear choice that we make within ourselves. Uh, So if you're feeling at the mercy of past experiences in your life or current events even, Uh, If it all seems to be happening outside yourself, we're going to address this thinking of being at the mercy of of external events, in other words, a victim mindset, Uh, and it's about changing your attitude to transform from a victor to a powerful victor, so from uh, victim to powerful victor. So the question is, are you stuck in B-E-D, in bed? It spells bed, but it's actually B.E.D, B-E-D. Viktor Frankl, the author of Man's Search for Meaning, he said, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. We are no longer able to change a when we are no longer able to change a situation. We are challenged to change ourselves. So, if we feel at the mercy of past experiences and we can't do anything, we feel like we're stuck and we can't do anything due to current circumstances. Um, uh, do we recognise that a state of victimhood is deeply paralysing? We're going to address that. And the brutal fact is that the mindset of a victim or a victor is a clear choice that only we can make for ourselves. And if you knew, if you know the story of uh, Viktor Frankl, he was actually in a um, prison camp in the Second World War. Second World War, I think he was in Auschwitz, um, and he was a young man. And in the horror of that situation, he awoke 
to the realisation that he was completely free within and had the power to change himself by his attitude. And he survived where many others didn't. And he was liberated and became a very well-regarded psychiatrist, actually, and wrote books. And his seminal work was Man's Search for Meaning. Um, And, in fact, his son, I think, has taken over similar work. But Viktor Frankl's realisations were born in the most depraved, horrible situation. So it's worth paying attention to. Um, And the, the mindset of victim or victor have their own distinct outcomes. So you have to be very clear on this. Um, And that's not to say that, you know, bad things don't happen in people's lives. People do have these bad experiences. But it's interesting because you can have two people in the same circumstances and one will have a completely different approach or attitude from another and it will be determined by their attitude. So, it, it, it comes down to this brutal fact. It's not denying bad things do happen. But then what are you going to do? How are you going to live your life? So I'm now going to be talking, um, there's a, a, a diagram. It's a classic diagram that's actually been around for quite a while. This is my take on it. And I learned this, like I've had the benefit of meditation and timeless ancient wisdom and Sanskrit for most, pretty much most of my life a blessing that I, is indescribable. And yet there was something I hadn't really, really woken up to until I, t- I started formal coach training, um, you know, 20 years ago basically. So I was well into my adult life and then I decided I was a teacher, a uh, school teacher, and then I, and I was also teaching adults as well as children and I decided I wanted to do coaching and coaching was rising as a a, a profession and I went to do formal coach training and um, on the first and I went to this weekend training session, part of the course, and um, the first thing on the first morning the, the trainer put up on this board was this above and below the line thinking. And some people may have heard this, particularly in their workplace. They may have had some training in this. But the model is above and below the line thinking. So imagine um, a line, a, a horizontal line in the middle of a piece of paper. Okay, so it's dividing a piece of paper in half. So you have below that line and above that line. Now, below that line line is the victim mindset and above the line is the victor mindset and that line represents choice so you have a choice to be below the line or above the line and it's absolutely coach training 101 to determine when you're working with a new client in a coaching life coaching or executive coaching relationship um, or even a sports coach it's just coaching methodology you have to determine whether a client is in victim or in victor, whether they're below the line or above the line. It was an absolute revelation to me at the time. I'd never heard anything like this. I thought, oh, wow. Even people, you know, myself included, we have all this sort of benefit of spiritual knowledge and meditation. And yet 
it's very easy to get into a victim mindset about something and not choose to take responsibility and take action. And for coaching, taking personal responsibility and personal action is the very bedrock of change and moving forward, which is what coaching is all about. So imagine the diagram with a line in the middle across uh, horizontal and that line represents choice. And then below the line is below the line thinking and that's victim thinking and above the line is victor thinking, above the line thinking. So let's look at the characteristics of both these types of thinking and see if you can recognise because we can flip between the two in any given day um, and certain situations will trigger us and we'll immediately go below the line and we won't realise it. And it's becoming aware of these characteristics. So in victim thinking, below the line thinking, the characteristics are blame, excuses and denial. That's where we get the B-E-D, which conveniently spells bed. And think about lying in bed asleep, nothing happens. You're in bed asleep, right? You're unconscious of the world around you. So blame, excuses and denial, that is the characteristics and they can be quite energetically uh, charged. You know, our, our denial and excuses and our blame can be quite sort of uh, punchy and sometimes they can be quite sort of energetically mild but they're still blame excuses and denial and our focus is on they and them it's their fault they did this um, you know it's all they and them so it's outside your outside you it's their fault that I'm always late when will they ever learn it's not my job I didn't do anything to fix the problem because I didn't want to step on anyone else's toes. I can't work out because I don't have the time. I don't, I don't eat healthy because I, was made, I wasn't made to do it as a child. Um, I don't really have an anger issue. It's just that other people on my team are idiots. You know, do you recognise those kind of thoughts or statements? Well, we all, you know, fall prey to these things, but understand that that is coming from below the line thinking. And this is coaching 101. If you went to a good life coach or an executive coach or you had a, a sports coach, if you were, you know, or any of that, they would address those kind of attitudes because they're embedded in your subconscious and it's below the line victim mindset thinking. Um, Below the line thinking is negative. It's always negative. It's unproductive. Nothing ever happens. It's repetitive. It's problem creating and it's fixed. So get that. It's negative, unproductive, repetitive, problem creating and fixed. Your actions are reactive. There's nothing creative about your action. It's not creating anything new. It's reactive. And when we're stuck in this below-the-line victim mindset, victimhood thinking, we feel like we can't do anything. We're powerless. And this was one thing my um, coach training, I can remember, like it hit me like a smack in the face, I could tell you, when he said this. He said, no change. That is N-O, capital no change is possible in victim mindset. It is absolutely fixed. And he stressed 
as coaches, he said, if you want your client to make a change, to evolve, to make progress, you have to, they have to shift out of victim mindset below the line thinking because no change is possible. It's absolutely repetitive. It's a closed system. Um, and the neuroscience indicates that the brain is working in a completely closed neural circuitry. There's nothing new coming in. So nothing new can happen. It's completely repetitive and it's just reinforcing that fixed state and there's been a lot of neuroscience to show that. Um, if you don't like something and you, don't, and you don't do anything to change your attitude or your mindset, you'll get more of it. Nothing will change. You will get more of the same. Um, for example, you'll get more of being overlooked by your boss if you don't change your attitude. And we're going to talk about doing that. We're going to talk about above-the-line thinking after the break. Um, you'll get treated, you'll continue to get treated with disrespect. You'll continue to get frustrated in traffic. You'll continue to get left out, this feeling of being left out. You'll continue to feel unappreciated. You may continue, um, if you're being bullied, to be bullied, right? This is completely re repetitive. And if your mindset doesn't change, your attitude doesn't change, and you don't get above the line, and only you can do that because it's a conscious choice only you can make, and you'll do it with awareness. That's why I'm raising your awareness on this. So I'm, I'm emphasizing this victim mindset so you get a feel for it because we all dip into this. Um, nothing will change. Nothing will change. And there's a famous quote that says resentment, which is a classic below-the-line thinking emotion and, th uh, and mindset. Resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for the other guy to die, right? <laughs> You're drinking it and you're waiting for them to, to die, all right? So it takes this conscious choice, this shift of attitude. So we're going to take a break and then we're going to explore this choice and moving above the line and the characteristics of this and changing your attitude. So we'll be right back. Excuse me, did you say Sanskrit? Yes, absolutely. Sanskrit is the language of the universe. The word Sanskrita means pure and perfectly formed. When we're still, open and receptive, we may hear a still small voice within. We feel a simple resonance with this universal language and we just know that the voice is true. That inner voice speaks to us in a language that is always pure and perfectly formed. It's Sanskrita that speaks to us out of the silence. Sanskrit is also the name of a language that is found in dictionaries and great works of profound wisdom. It's the closest reflection of that perfect universal language. Study of this powerful language can lead us to an understanding of that perfect inner voice. Join me, Sarah Main, on Dhammayanti, the show for your soul, where we discover this true inner voice of the soul together. And check out my website, dhammayanti.store. Welcome back. Welcome back to Dhammayanti, the show for your soul. And today we're talking about wake up and get out of BED. That's blame, excuses and denial, moving from victimhood to victor. And uh, before the break, we were talking about this state of being below the line. And just uh, if you're just listening to this as a podcast, imagine a white piece of paper or a piece of paper, and I've drawn a line horizontally from side to side, horizontally, uh, dividing the piece of paper uh, in half, 
and there's below that line is the victimhood, below the line thinking, and above the line is victor thinking, right? So there's below the line thinking and above the line thinking, and the line represents choice. And this below the line and above the line thinking is standard uh, coach training. If uh, life coach or executive coach training, you need to understand this mindset Um and this is just at the level of our attitude and our mindset, uh, and it's so important. It, it, like, I, like I said before the break, I had the benefit of meditation and Sanskrit and uh, wisdom showered on me from a young age, and I, I wasn't clear on this issue. Um, and although my mother used to sort of get at me if I felt sorry for myself, she, she wouldn't tolerate that, but um, it you, you know, you need to actually understand it. And I, I, I wasn't clear on that until I learned it through um, doing my coach training. Um, and I was already a teacher for many years and I started using this bit of my training and I was still in the classroom teaching at the time. That's before I finished teaching. And um, it was so powerful because I was able to help the students in um, such a precise way uh, I mean, I, it wasn't that I wasn't effective before, but I just had greater knowledge. So this is a fantastic piece of knowledge. So we talked about the below-the-line thinking and the characteristics of that is it's fixed, it's repetitive, um, it's negative, it's problem-creating. Um, you're in this blame, excuses and denial. It's all about they, them, um, nothing will change. And, and my trainer, coach trainer said, get it clear, the neuroscience is there. Nothing will change if you are below the line in your thinking. All right, you have to make that change. Only you can do it. It's a shift in attitude. So let's talk about above the line now. This is the victor, right, powerful victor. So this is where you take ownership, accountability and responsibility, OA, or um, imagine an or and you're picking up an or and rowing to success, um, they're very sort of coach-style images, getting out of BED, blame, excuses and denial, getting out of bed, waking up to that, making that choice and going above the line and picking up your OAR, your or and rowing to success is some of the sort of standard images. But that's taking ownership, accountability and responsibility. And the focus changes from below the line, which is they and them, it's all their fault, the focus is on I, on we, on us and on our. What can I do to change my attitude to my co-workers right now? How shall we find a situation to the issue regarding low, low engagement amongst our team? These are just examples like you could add your own in. The children's behaviour isn't acceptable and we are the adults. They look to us for guidance. What example are we setting? Can you see already and hear the shift? Can you feel that shift? It's about I and we. It's not being hard on yourself. It's just taking responsibility and taking ownership. And if the wisdom, the wisdom traditions say, as within, so without, that what we experience is a reflection from within, then we need to take responsibility. Um, it, above the line thinking is positive. It's creative. It's innovative. It's problem-solving and it's flexible and dynamic. 
The actions you take are purposeful. Now, get the difference between below the line, which is reactive, and reactions don't change anything. It's just trigger, react, right? Sort of action, reaction, whereas these are purposeful actions. You know where you're going and you're taking that action, right? So there's a decisiveness about it, there's a resolution, and there's action. And change is only possible when we're above the line in our thinking, when we're in this taking ownership, accountability and responsibility, when we're in that victim mindset, we are going to succeed. We are successful. We are powerful. We have the power to change. No matter whether the circumstances have changed or not, it's in the attitude. And our coach trainer, when I was doing my coach training, um, he said, no change is possible, absolutely no change is possible when we're below the line and change is only possible above the line. So really getting that is so crucial. So we get the characteristics of both and we can find ourselves in a situation in life where we catch ourselves in this feeling sorry for ourselves, it's it's all they, them, it's the external circumstances, I can't do anything about it, and we wake up to that for whatever reason, we catch it, and we think, no, I can do something about it, I'm going to pick myself up. So that line is choice, all right, they get it, that shift, and it's actually a conscious choice, one or the other. What we're not aware of a lot of the time is that it, it is actually a choice, the mindset we're in. We just slide from one to the other. Well, we slide, we go to sleep, um, and that's actually a choice to do that, believe it or not. We just don't catch the choice. It's more a sort of an unconscious thing. It's a habit. But to get above the line and shift ourselves is a conscious choice. And understanding that is already taking responsibility and stepping up, taking ownership. Now, we need to create the space to choose because sometimes it just feels like, you know, our heads are full. We just don't know what to do. Um, we don't want to just give up, but we just can't quite get it together. Well, we need to create the space to choose. And it's a very simple exercise. We need to stop. We need to pause. We need to breathe. And then we can choose. Stop pause, breathe, choose, is creating the space to choose. So let's practice it now. Just whatever, If you're driving, obviously, this is not um, an ideal situation, uh, but you know, take the time to practice this when you have a moment, is stop. Just stop now. Just stop what you're doing. Just stop for a moment and pause. Press pause on the activity. Stop and pause. Now take a deep breath and breathe out. And now make a deliberate decision in this moment, the action that you're going to take. Ask yourself a question. Take ownership for the situation. Account be accountable and be responsible. What's the best, my best action? Uh, what's my best action to take right now? What's the next next best action to take right now that's for the highest good, that will inspire, that will uplift, that will 
be the solution to this problem? You can ask yourself any number of questions, but you've created that space. Stop, pause, breathe, and then choose. And the choice is a decision, it's deliberate. If you start training yourself to do that, it is so powerful, believe you me. Now, I get it. We have tough days and tough things do happen. I get that. And sometimes we need to fake it till we make it, okay? Sometimes I find myself, if I've slipped, I have to do it even though it doesn't feel it and then I can feel the energy shifting around. But you have to fake it till you make it. In Shakespeare, um, in Hamlet, he, Hamlet says to his mother, assume a virtue though you have it not. So you may have to assume something, and that's a, that's a Shakespearean way of saying fake it till you make it. Assume a virtue though you have it not, and it will come. Choose what thoughts you're paying attention to in your mind. Be deliberate. Choose what inner speech you're listening to, especially about yourself. Choose your feelings here and now. Viktor Frankl said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So the change from victim to victor happens with a clear choice. Think of above the line and below the line. Choice is made despite circumstances. So even if it's not ideal, you make the choice anyway. And only you can make the choice for yourself. There's no fence sitting and there's no grey areas. Viktor Frankl said, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human, sorry, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. So stop, pause, breathe, choose. And if you'd like to find out more about Damayanti for your soul, go to my website, damayanti.store. That's damayanti.store. And I'm on the socials, Facebook and Instagram under Damayanti. Find out more and I do videos and there's tips and um, daily breathers, which are little moments to have a a pause. Uh, And there's lots of info and you can drop me a line, drop me a question. And I'm going to finish off with some Sanskrit. This is a beautiful invocation from the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad. Lead me from the unreal to the real. Lead me from darkness to light. Lead me from death to immortality. May peace and peace and peace be everywhere. And the Sanskrit. Om Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya Mrityor ma amritam gamaya Om shanti 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 Thank you for spending time with me on Damayanti, the show for your soul. To find out more about Damayanti or to get my book, Conscious Confidence, Use the Wisdom of Sanskrit to Find Clarity and Success, or to purchase my range of beautiful spiritual jewellery, go to my website, damayanti.store. That's D-A-M-A-Y-A-N-T-I.store. Damayanti.store. See you next time.